Hello, everyone. Welcome back yet again to the 100 series, Everyday Awesome Podcast. I am Juwan Arrington. I created and founded the 100 series. And if you're just now tuning in, what we do here on the podcast is we like to bring in people from in and around the Quad City area who are doing some pretty cool things and just let them share about who they are, what's going on, talk about some current issues, and hopefully you guys will leave a little bit more enlightened. So with that being said, I am super jacked to welcome back here again onto the 100 series for the first time though, here on the podcast, we have Michaela Hughes-Shaw. If you haven't heard about her, she is an absolute rock star. She's a former Miss Iowa. She's working on multiple charities, fellow journalists as well. And Michaela, thank you again for, for coming back to the 100 series. Yeah, thanks again for having me. I was super stoked when you reached out. It was like, absolutely, I'll be there. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, because I know last year when we last met up, we did a, a little video together with Max Garriga with your with your violin, which was super awesome. I actually just reshared that a few days ago because I just love that video. And Max did a great job. So I definitely wanted to, to reshare that. And, yeah, that was by far one of my favorite things that I've ever done video-wise. I post it all the time, too. <laughs> Sweet. Great. Awesome. So, yeah, so for all the people at home who are just getting to know you, go ahead and just let everyone know exactly who is Michaela Hugh Shaw. Oh, well, I wear a couple different hats, and I, I guess I have worn a couple different hats for some years now, but currently, I guess I'll speak on where I'm at right now, um, recent graduate from the University of Iowa, Miss Iowa 2018. So in my former life, I competed for Miss America and I got to spend the year serving the wonderful state of Iowa. I'm actually like repping some Iowa stuff right yeah, it now. Is. I always find myself wearing Iowa merch. It's really funny. Um, I have worked with Love Girls Magazine in the Quad Cities for, oh gosh, probably close to eight years, um, which for me being a 23 year old, that's, that's a big chunk of my life. Um, but I've loved doing that work. I have been a senior assistant editor for the magazine. I've been the vice president of the board. And now I really just serve as a mentor and really a community outreach chair. And then I also co-host co a podcast with magazine founder Jasmine Babers as well. Um, outside of that, I recently as in about two to three weeks ago, just started a position with an organization called News 21 that is based out of Arizona State University, um, their school of journalism. I was set to move to Arizona actually for the summer, but coronavirus came in and, you know, slashed those plans. And so now I'm working from home. And it's been really interesting being a journalist from home especially an investigative journalist from home. So we're trying to get very creative with how to share a story, the story being uh, examining the juvenile justice system. So it's it's been interesting to figure out how we can still make it a multimedia project from our bedroom, from our actual bedroom. I spend a lot of my day on Zoom, just like this. Right, so with your, your, your current job then, so you're working, so you're still in Iowa right now, right? Mm -hmm. Yep, I am. All right, so I, and I I looked into to News Twenty One, so they they are they're all over. They're so they cover news from across the country, right? 
Yep. Yeah. Even though it's based out of Arizona State University, uh, it is a national project. So we actually we've been creating a map to see what sources we've reached out to and what states we've, we've hit so far in this project. And we've hit, oh gosh, I would say probably close to 35 states. And we're only a couple weeks into the project. So hopefully at the end of this, we will say that we have talked to at least one person from every state. That's awesome. That's yeah. super cool so to cool. be able to do something like that. Uh, how did you get connected with News 21? Were you just applying for different positions and that one just happened to, to land, on, land on your docket? So in 2017, actually, I was invited to apply to the, uh, the program because it's a, it's a summer fellowship program. I was invited to apply, but um, I actually didn't because I was competing for Miss Iowa that upcoming summer. Worked out really well. I mean, I ended up winning Miss Iowa, so turning down that opportunity was probably in my best interest. Um, but I came across News 21 again in October of 2019, actually, and I talked to my college dean, and he said, yeah, you have about three days to get your application in. I was like, oh, all right, well, let me get my life together. And so it was a selective process. Um, I actually got in based off a recommendation from the dean of my school, from the School of uh, Journalism and Mass Communication here at the University of Iowa. So I'm really honored to be amongst this group of young journalists. There are about 35 of us um, from, I believe it's 16 universities so it's a, it's a really big team, but I am the only person from Iowa that is uh, on the team. So it's nice. really cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's great that you're able to still, you know, represent, you know, Iowa, represent the Midwest, even though eventually you probably will be going down to, to Arizona. I know that with the current situation, can't do that right now, but right. I, that must be, be, be pretty cool. Something, something to look forward to, right? Yeah, it is. It is. And... I had the intention of, you know, exploring the west side of the country, but I know it will come one day. When the world opens, it will come. And what was your podcast that you mentioned? Yeah, it's called Love Girls, the podcast. So it's actually an extension of Love Girls magazine, which was founded in the Quad City area. And it's very girl-focused. Uh, we like to tell stories that impact both young women and girls as well. So we have done two seasons of that. Uh, we partner with WVIK uh, at Augustana College with that as well. So it's been extremely rewarding. We've been able to tell some really awesome stories. And I've learned a little bit more about this world of podcasting. It's really fun. Yeah, I love it. I love mm -hmm. it. I, I totally changed my entire format of my brand when I started doing podcasts. I just love the being able to just have these longer conversations with people and being able to share that in an entirely different medium. I realized that podcasts, podcasts are huge. Like I didn't realize like how much people are just listening to the podcast. And I was like, you know what, let me figure this out. And I had no idea like how to get my stuff. I'm sure it's probably the same way with you, how to get it on to Apple or Spotify or any of these, these large streaming platforms. But yeah, it's cool to be able to, to have, you know, a presence on there and be able to just having the potential to reach you know, so many more people. It's, it's, it's cool. I love it. 
Have you heard from listeners from places that you just wouldn't expect? Or is it mostly Quad City concentrated? Yeah, right now it's mostly Quad Cities. Like I look at the analytics and right now, yeah, it's right now it's based more in the Quad Cities, most because that's who the people who I invite in on. But I do have that goal of, of reaching people from all over the country, all over the world. And it's just been, yeah, it's just been super, 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 super cool. And I eventually, like I said, I have the goals of going worldwide. But right now, I'm I'm super cool and happy, you know, keeping it local. I I love that that local that local spin to it. I think that's what makes, you know, this podcast and what we're doing more unique. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's really cool. So also wanted to talk to you about how have you been doing with like COVID and, and all that going on since, since I know things are starting to, to ease up now in our area, but, but how, how, how are things during these last few months for you? I think everybody experienced the pandemic. That's what we would like to call it a pandemic um, in a different way. And at first, I'm not going to lie. It was really devastating because uh, I actually took off a year of school to be Miss Iowa. And so this was my year to graduate, even though I was actually supposed to graduate last year. And I remember getting an email that had said, it's going to be a virtual graduation. And I started crying and I was actually at work and my boss walked in and she was like, are you okay? I said, yeah, I think this is just the the first thing that's really hitting me because I felt like it was a missed opportunity. But I, I feel like that was just such a small thing in the grand scheme of things because I was fortunate enough to continue to have a job. I was, um, you know, my, my family was healthy. I was healthy. And I re- I look back now and I'm, my degree is still coming in the mail. And, uh, even though there was no pomp and circumstance, there was still just as much celebration and love from my, my, fa- my family and friends as I finished. So I think it really put things into perspective for me. Um, I think what was hard was just seeing so many opportunities be taken away from my friends. And uh, at the time I was working for the School of Journalism, so I was working for my school. And there were so many internships that were canceled for a young journalist that were just working so hard all year to make it to that point to be able to go to New York and do a really wonderful program or to Uh, even just venture out locally still too, a lot of those opportunities were not happening for them. And that was really sad. And as a graduating senior, looking towards the job market and seeing how that just completely shifted, at first it was very devastating, I do have to say. Um, Things are looking up now. Like you said, things are starting to open. Things are starting to get better. And I see a light at the end of the tunnel in all of this. Um, I'm still pretty much social distancing and I'm working from home now. So I have to force myself to get out of the house because if not, I just kind of like confine myself to the second bedroom that I'm in. Um, It's definitely been a transition, but looking at the big picture, I'm really thankful to have not been 
super impacted by it outside of uh, celebrations being canceled. Right. Yeah, I know that with everything going on, I know myself included, like it definitely took a huge effect on me. Thankfully, very thankful that I was able to still work during this time and I was able Mm -hmm. to do a lot of things from home. But yes, it's like even now, like with all the social distancing in place, like I still like I haven't shaken a hand in months. Yeah, And it's like, it's just been so weird. It's like, I'm still hesitant to do mm-hmm. that right now. And it's like, and I know eventually, like, I will feel comfortable again. But right now, it's like, it's still, I still just feel that, that sense of apprehension and, mm-hmm. and just this need to like, I still like wear a mask when I'm indoors, or like when I'm in public places, even though that's not really a regulation for customers in a lot of areas in Illinois, because I live in Illinois. And the mm-hmm. the uh, the phases are a lot more stricter than they are in Iowa. I know in Iowa there was no there was never a stay at home order in place, which wasn't the smartest thing in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. But, and I know in, in Illinois, like they're really like they're really being extra cautious, obviously, because we have a larger city in Chicago that mm-hmm. you know that's like the main the main concern. So us smaller communities kind of get the brunt of of all that but i think that phase four goes into effect next week Mm -hmm. and then that's what people will be able to go inside for restaurants again in illinois right now it's only indoors and it's cool just seeing like a few weeks ago i went to wake brewing in rock island and just seeing people just outside like for the first time in months and just seeing how happy people were after all this, it was, it was, it was very satisfying. I'll say that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's such a good feeling. Um, It's funny you say that I have my mask right here. I actually have like 10 masks. Um, I am like you. I I still wear my mask out in public. Uh, I just feel safer when I do that, even though I know it's more so to, to protect other people. I just, I just feel better when I'm wearing a mask. There, there was a lot of anxiety. I guess that is one thing I, I kind of brushed over, but there was a lot of anxiety around potentially catching the virus too. Um, and then I'm not sure really what is being said now about being asymptomatic or not, but uh, that fear of not seeing grandparents, learning how to utilize all the video calling apps, um, just trying to be safe, but also still trying to have a social life. Have you experienced that just being a lot different than if you could actually go out and hang out with people? So it's been unique. Yeah. With the, with the whole zoom calls and all that, that's been like the, like that's been like the saving grace, I think with being able to stay in touch with, with my friends. And I feel like I've actually been able to, to be more in touch with people than I had before just because I didn't realize that there was like a, a platform like this that we could you know, do calls and don't have to really have to, it was more laid back that we could just say, Hey, are you free during this time to, you know, hop on and, and chat for a little bit. We didn't have to like organize like a place to, to go. It was like way more convenient, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that 
really opened my eyes. Like with this podcast and this platform, usually I would have to you know, set up a time and a place to go meet up with someone and and just record audio. Well, with this platform, I can record video as well. And I can actually have like a video presence as well. I didn't, that's something I didn't even realize I could do beforehand. But yeah, as far as the, the social part, I think that thankfully I, I live very close to my family members. So I can, I can still, I can still obviously have some, some, some connection, some, some connection there, but with like some other friends, it's like, yeah, it's like not being able to see them in, in months. Like there were like, there were, there was like a few, like probably like three or four friends that I was able to stay in contact with through, through zoom. And mm-hmm. that was great. That was great. I really did form like some stronger bonds with those friends and I'm very thankful for them. And another thing that I did was I, like just mail out postcards to people, you know, just to get that old school touch. So I just, you got a bunch of postcards. I wrote a bunch of notes on them, mailed them out. And I think people really, really appreciated that having like something physical to, to see and read and just know that there's someone else out there looking out for them. I think that was a, I think they really liked that. Yeah. That's so sweet that, and that's so, I, I'm sure that that made a lot of people's day. That's that's very thoughtful. Yeah, and I'm, I think in this day and age, with everything going digital, people don't really, you know, expect to get something physical. Mm-hmm. So the fact that someone actually takes the effort to actually sit down and write something, and go to a mailbox and put in the mail, and then have it sent off is kind of lost in this generation now. So mm-hmm. so seeing that. It's like, yeah, it's, I, I think, I think it's way more personal. I think it's like, especially for me to send someone a letter like that, like, like you're, you're a real one. <laughs> you're, you're a real one for sure. Yes, definitely. I do have to say it was so nice. Uh, I received quite a few graduation cards in the mail during this, uh, this uh, time of social distancing. And I'm, I've always been strange. I love getting mail. I'm not sure if you are the same way, but I specifically ask my roommates to let me get the mail every day. Even if it's just junk mail, I just get excited about having something Mm -hmm. come in the mail. So I loved getting graduation cards from past mentors, from family members. Um, I I agree. It's, it's kind of like this lost art if if you would call it that and i'm really big on sending thank you cards as well i think that those are very nice too yeah i have so many thank you cards and you know just waiting sometimes like because i i mail out a lot of apparel and shirts uh, through my brand people buy lodgers so i mail things out all the time i always try to when i'm mailing those out to like make sure i have like some postcards or some letters or cards that i can throw in there as well just to yeah. get them out to to certain people like i have a lot of like like dedicated followers so i always like make sure like at least every like three three months or so that i send them something just you know as like a token of my appreciation for their support and for their friendship and i just love just being able to just keep those those connections going because i think you know the, the more that we we work and 
is where I'm looking for foster those relationships. I think mm -hmm. we can grow more as a community. And I would recommend anyone, anyone just to take that, that little bit of extra effort. And there's always that, that small bit of extra effort that makes a huge difference to people. It may not seem like much, but I, it really is. It really does like make an impact. I agree. In, in my life, I understand how much even something that small means to me. So that, that's so kind of you that you do that. That's, that's really awesome. We need more of that in the world. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Like I said, I would recommend people just, just give it a try. Like, just, you know, Hey, if you don't know someone's address, just say, say, Hey, what's your address? I'm going to, I want to send you something. Usually that like lights people up because it's mm -hmm. like, Oh crap, they're going to send me something. I wonder what it can be. So, and like, and like, I love the reactions, like when they post on their Instagram stories, it's like, thank you for, for sending this. And it's just like, oh, I, I love that. I, I love making people feel good. And yeah. that's basically really why I do it. It's awesome. So switching gears to kind of a, a more serious topic mm -hmm. uh, with things that have been going on in the last couple of weeks across the country. I know that the, the Black Lives Matter movement has been going strong, obviously, with a lot of police-involved killings of black men and women going on, starting with George Floyd in Minneapolis and then going to Breonna Taylor down in Louisville. I just really wanted to also talk to you uh, from one black person to another about how, how has everything that's been going on in the last few months, how, how has that been affecting you? I don't even think exhausting is, is a good enough word. Like I don't even think that exhausting carries enough weight to describe what it's felt like to be a black person in America right now. Um, I'm, I do have to say, and I'm, I'm young, but this is the first time in my life that I have seen so many people pay attention and I've seen so many people have these conversations um, because I feel like these are conversations that have been happening for generations around the mistreatment of black Americans, especially by the police. Um, and just, I mean, think back to civil rights, think back to um, so many other things that have happened specifically to minority individuals in America. Those are conversations that have been ongoing. But to me, this just feels so different. And I don't know if that's because of social media. I don't know if that's just because uh, it's, it's in our face all the time with the 24-hour news cycle. But it just it just feels different. It feels a lot heavier. I feel like even start, starting with um, the Ahmad Arbery case, even though I know that that isn't a, it's not police driven. That wasn't a police driven incident. Um, except I think he he did have some law enforcement background, didn't he? Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. Hmm. I, I, there might have been something there, but uh, even then, that I remember when I got news of that happening and the run with mod uh, hashtag was trending. And I went on a run. I've been trying to get fit in this quarantine, but I, I went on a run and it just felt different. It, it just felt a lot heavier. And it, it just was, it was very 
hurtful, you know, just to see uh, people turning an issue that is really about just what's right and what's wrong into something so political. I, I feel like the narratives that have stemmed from everything that's been going on has turned into something that it doesn't need to be. Uh, I'm, I'm happy that people are having conversations, but there are so many times where I just have to completely log off of my social media because I'm, I'm realizing that some of the people that I follow just, they just don't get it. They just don't really understand what it's like right now. Right. Yeah. And I, I'm in the same boat too. Like I'm a little older than you are. And in my life, I've never seen this type of outpour of protests regarding, yeah. you know, a human rights matter like yeah. this. I know like the last time that it happened on this type of a scale was like in the 2016. Uh, and it, even back then it didn't have that type of weight to it, you know, mm -hmm. like now I feel like it's, it's like people are really like more people at least or more people are understanding how important this issue is. Like, cause I can tell you like a lot of my friends who never really speak up about issues like this before are speaking out now. Mm -hmm. So I can tell that people, more people are getting it. There still are a lot of people there who I agree, who just don't understand what's going on. And you, you can deal with them at a, at a different time, but I could definitely tell that at least in my feed that there are more people who are understanding what's going on or who are acknowledging that they don't understand what's going on, but they're willing to learn as well. Mm -hmm. And they're willing to be open to understanding what is happening. Um, yeah, I agree. It was 2016 when uh, the Ferguson protests were happening? Is that the right timeline? I, with Michael Brown, let's see. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a quick quick search here so yeah sure. um but i'm right there with you i i just feel like the other protests that have happened around specifically like police brutality um black lives matter uh rate like anti-racism protests they've just been more concentrated right they've they've just been kind of in those cities and then maybe in some of the other bigger cities that we have in the the U.S. but there was a protest in Sherrard the other day. Uh, yeah. Yeah like it's it's just spreading in a different way that I've never seen before. Yeah and uh, it looks like it was, it was 2014 that was Ferguson. 2014 was Ferguson. Yeah but yeah like I was saying I was doing a story out in Walnut Illinois. Check this out Walnut Illinois and I had a woman a white woman she was a uh, uh, she worked at the salon out there and she came up to me and she just asked me, hey, how are you doing? Are you, are you doing all right right now? I said, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing fine, you know, kind of, you know, you know, I was at work, so I was trying to be professional about everything. Well, yeah. she said, well, just wanted to let you know that, you know, you know we, we're, we want to look out for our black brothers and sisters. I know that, you know, this you know, coming from a, a small town may not seem that way, but, but we do support you. And I was like, okay. Again, never ever experienced anything like that before. I've never 
seen and I, I'm grateful for it too. I'm grateful that that more people are understanding and, and are showing their support. I know that there are a lot of people out there who they do want to just stay in their bubble mm-hmm. and kind of act like like you know things are are fine. And I think that also goes back to to the privilege as well. That unfortunately for for us black people. We can't do that. There is no bubble for us. No, we have to be on the front lines and we have to, to, to fight these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It's It's been very interesting kind of watching this all unfold on social media because like what you just said, there are some people who have just kind of been living their life and it seems like they're just not impacted by anything that's going on right now and if they are they're just quietly maybe talking about it amongst those who are close to them but uh i don't know it it also makes me feel very i'm I'm not sure what the word is uh almost as if they don't necessarily care and i i know that that could just be i could be reaching with that but with an issue like this and just the amount of times that somebody has been wrongfully killed by police officers and uh, all of, really just all of the trauma that Black Americans have had to experience over years and years. I, I just feel like this is one of those conversations that anybody can add to, even if they don't feel like they're necessarily the most educated about the topic, right? So if, if you're just going on and living your life, I, there's just so much privilege in that because there are people dying. There are people losing their lives, whether that be at the hands of police officers or out at these protests. Um, I mean, think about the young girl that passed away in Davenport when, when she was just getting in her car to leave the protest. I, yeah, people are losing their lives and there's just a, a certain amount of privilege to not have to deal with what's going on. Have you had any of your friends any, or any of your, your white friends who have come to you asking to have those conversations and to understand more? I know I have. Yes, yes. And I, I am all for having those conversations. I think that those conversations are very important there have been some people that have reached out to me and we're not necessarily close and I don't necessarily appreciate that the word that the way that they're approaching the situation like there have just been some very ignorant comments um I'll give you an example actually I got a media request to do a Facebook live um in a group uh it's like a women-led group I won't say names and all that this woman said was, uh, you've been sharing some interesting things on Facebook. I'd like to talk about that. And I was like, okay, well, what's the topic about? Like, she just didn't ever really, she was kind of beating around the bush as to what it is that she wanted to talk about. And I just felt like, I didn't feel like it was going to be a constructive conversation. I felt more so like it was going to be me being like the token person to explain racism. And those are the situations that I don't necessarily appreciate. But I have 
enjoyed helping people in the midst of all of this to understand what's going on. Um, I've had really good conversations with my white family members, actually, because I am a mixed. Uh, my mom's white, my dad is black. Um, but I also just think that it's not fair to ask a person of color if you haven't uh, done some sort of research or you've at least tried to check your privilege prior to having that conversation, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's how it was with some of the friends that I've had conversations with. Like, like one said that she, she knew that there was something going on, but didn't really think much of it. And, like now obviously she is and another friend of mine who you know wanted to you know, understand more she she knew and she actually has adopted black children so it really has hit home for her so she mm -hmm. definitely wanted to understand more about what's going on and i was definitely was happy to sit down and talk to her about about you know, how she can go about understanding things because yeah that is a that, that is a very you know different way that it hits home especially when you know it's a child of yours that can be affected yeah definitely definitely and like i said i really think it comes down to intention if you know that that person is coming at a place of truly wanting to understand and truly wanting to do better i will sit down i will talk to you for hours about this but like that media, that media request really just kind of, it rubbed me the wrong way. And I just didn't feel like it was, it was coming from a place of really wanting to learn. It just felt like a, like a diversity check, if anything. Right. Yeah. And I know like with me doing this podcast, I definitely wanted to, to share out, get these words out there and mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like I don't know how I how I I'd feel if I was in your your position. Obviously, none of us want to be that 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 token, you know, black person to you know, be be put on this you know podium to explain racism. Because because honestly, I still have a lot that I need to educate myself on too. So I don't want to feel like I'm like the black figurehead about yeah. everything. Because like, what if you know no? What if I say something that's you know? Not, it doesn't necessarily gel with you or whatnot. I would rather people like go to you know the, the right sources as well and not just use me as like their one resource for all things black in America or Black Lives Matter or or whatnot. You know. Mm -hmm. Granted, I I do understand uh, somebody wanting to come to like you or I in confidence just to at least start that conversation. So that's totally, like, I feel like that's okay. But I agree, you don't wanna feel like you have to be a spokesperson for the black community, cause that's not fair. It's, right. it's really not fair. Yeah, and I was actually, I was watching, I don't know if, if you saw this or not, but Dave Chappelle, he, he put out like a, like a 20 to 30 minute video yeah, about, about, yeah, and he, really what he said about why he didn't really speak out at first about what's going on is because he wanted to let the streets speak for for themselves. Like just seeing all these posts and all these protests from from all these 
people who are hurt and who are angry and who just want change just seeing that collectively that that speaks for itself mm-hmm. so you know so really what i need to ask myself is as a black american is well, well what can i add to it mm-hmm. you know because i'm right there with you i'm right there you know i want this change to happen i don't want my fellow black brothers and sisters to to live in fear for their lives because you shouldn't have to mm-hmm. so now what to do next well we got to keep getting the word out there we have to to keep you know keeping our leaders our leaders accountable mm-hmm. to to what needs to be done to ensure that the black people and all the people of color in this country are treated fairly and are treated justly. So, and I said this in my, in my last podcast that we need to make sure that we keep our foot on the, on the gas pedal because the one thing that I've seen with every time these types of situations pop up is that people will protest and they'll show outrage for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. And then after that, the next big thing pops up and then people move on to that and they forget about what was going on just a few weeks ago. So we need to constantly keep you know, putting our foot on, on the gas pedal for this because otherwise, I mean, there's going to be so many, there are always going to be distractions. There are always going to be things that are fighting for your attention and fighting for your mind. Mm-hmm. And we have to remember that this is a movement. And we have to, to, to move to keep it going, you know? Yeah, I was telling somebody the other day, I said, we need to keep that energy. <laughs> we need to continue this momentum. Um, I agree. It seems like when this has happened in the past, it kind of just gets, it gets thrown into the rest of the news coverage that's going on. There's, there's always going to be something else coming up. But I agree, it's, it's really important to hold people accountable. I I think even just amongst our, uh, our smaller groups of friends and our family members, having those conversations and holding them accountable as well is going to be really important too, to kind of like change the entire culture around just how we talk about race, because it's just really not a conversation that we as Americans have been comfortable with. There are a lot of things that we just haven't dealt with got to think about how our country was founded and it was it was founded on racist ideals and just how that's perpetuated into where we are now you know so we we have to start having those bigger conversations and I think people are starting to have those conversations now it's a matter of like you said continuing them keeping this up absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and no like we said before like if there are any you know if you have any friends out there um, speaking to the white audience right now if you have any black friends out there just understand also that you know they're feeling a ton of emotions right now I know I'm feeling a ton of emotions right now so just keep that in mind too when you're wanting to speak to someone I know that you want to understand more and you want to get more information but also remember as well that like I know that that I have a lot of friends that who that they just want to just be left alone Mm-hmm. And they just need this this time to to just take in those emotions and just 
you know, feel and react and reflect in their own way. And if they say no, don't take offense to that. That doesn't mean anything against you. It's just that they just need to just take this time for themselves right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there there have been plenty of times where I've just felt the need to just be with myself and protect my energy. Like I said, shutting off or logging off the devices and just trying to find some peace in all of this. Uh, it's It's been pretty hard to, to find positivity um, in these past few weeks just because of everything that's going on at the exact same time. Um, I have a question for you, actually. As a journalist, have you felt the need to talk about the movement in a certain type of way to remain unbiased? Because I feel like I was advised by my fellowship directors to be careful about what I said about what was going on. And that's been really hard for me because I just feel like there's this intersectionality of being a woman of color and being a journalist, you know? Great question. Very, very good question. Personally, for me, I'm, I'm being off the cuff right now. I feel that this is honest. This is a huge issue. Yeah. And, and I'm not going to, going to hold myself back on this because I'm not doing anyone any favors, like not, not doing my fellow black Americans any favors. I'm not doing anyone any favors by trying to hold back this mm-hmm. be good. This is not politics. This is human rights. And yeah. in my opinion, we need to be able to speak out about these things. I mean, that's what, I mean, we're Americans. We have the right to speak out about these types of things. And I feel that even though, yes, I'm a journalist, I feel that this goes into, this is not a, a political category. So I've been very vocal because I have multiple pages. I've been very vocal on all my pages about what's going on right now. And I would, and I, thankfully I know that I have a lot of coworkers who follow me as well and they understand. And I thank them for understanding because yeah, in my place of work, I'm really the only like actual black journalist and my job. So it, I feel like it's my responsibility to, to speak out about these things. And especially with like my platform and you probably feel the same way with your platform that I think about it as what if, what if my platform is the only place people are seeing these issues be brought up with? Oh, you know, good point. That's a really good point actually. So I feel that it's my, it's my responsibility to talk about these things. I feel that especially, just across all my social media, I have thousands upon thousands of followers. And mm-hmm. if I'm not using my platform when it really matters, then all those followers are for nothing. So, so I, I need to, I, I, I need to talk about these things. It's not about, you know, if, if the higher ups want to, want to come after me or, or whatnot, let them come after me, but I'm not stopping. Yeah, that makes me feel good. I'm, I'm really happy that you don't feel any kind of way about not saying certain things. Um, yeah, there really aren't a lot of black journalists in the Quad Cities now that you now that you say that. And no. you're with you're at a, a Channel Eight, correct? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So 
So yeah, I just feel like I just need to speak out about these things because number one, who else is going to? You know, I can't I can't just depend on say, hey, let these other people talk about these things because that devalues my own stance on things because I have because I I have my own thoughts about these types of things and I need to get them out there. I need to make sure people understand the gravity of the situation. And I've made a point that I'm going to make sure people know about this. All right. Sorry about, about that, guys. Our internet here cut out for a second, but we're back. So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and we're going to wrap up this conversation right now. Um, Michaela, for everyone out there who wants to find you on social media, how can they find you? Social media, um, everything is my name. So at Michaela Hughes Shaw. So M-I-K-H-A. Oh my gosh. Y-L-A-H-U-G-H-E-S. S-H-A-W. Why did I have to think so hard about spelling my name? Um, that's Instagram, Facebook, same thing. Twitter, same thing. If not, it's M. Hughes Shaw. Um, as far as my nonprofit, uh, How About Hope, you can find that on Instagram, Facebook, and we just got a Twitter and we have three followers. So we're, we're trying to grow that just a little bit. All right. Yeah. Yeah. We're working on it. Um, and then... Love Girls Magazine. I'll shout out Love Girls Magazine. You can find that at lovegirlsmagazine.com and then all things social, Love Girls Mag. Cool. All right. Well, thank you again, Michaela, for coming on and sharing. And everyone at home, thank you for checking out the 100 Series Everyday Awesome Podcast. We will be back again next week with another awesome person. Thank you again, and we'll see you soon.